The Courage to Lead, Episode 81. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, please help me welcome my guest, Dana Olivo. Dana is a business growth strategist and CEO of Market Atomy LLC. Her passion is working with small, first-stage entrepreneurs to ensure that they start out on the right foot and stay on the path to financial freedom. Known as the business birthing specialist, Dana understands the intricacies involved in starting and running a successful business. Her efforts extend beyond the initial strategic planning process into the implementation and monitoring phase. She has recently launched the first e-learning environment specifically targeting small micro-businesses called Market Atomy Academy. A graduate of the University of Central Florida's College of Business, Dana holds degrees in both marketing and management information systems. She brings more than 40 years of strategic planning experience in business structures, marketing, and business development, both nationally and internationally. Dana is not only a professional business growth strategist, but as a public speaker and best-selling author on Amazon, she has published five books, the latest, Social or Sociopathic, dropped on May 17th of this year. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Harlan. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I definitely want to learn about your Market Atomy Academy. That is that. I love the name, number one. Catchy, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's very catchy. Very cool. All right. Before we get into all that, I do have 10 questions. Uh, these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his uh, Hollywood TV, film, stage stars. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Dan, if you're ready, I have 10 questions okay. for you. Question number one What is your favorite word? My favorite word, okay, is. Belief. Belief. Very good. What is your least favorite word? Failure. What turns you on? Uh, seeing what turns me on is seeing um, an idea come to fruition. Nice. And what turns you off? Seeing people give up too soon. Absolutely. What sound or noise do you love? Money, cash register. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. I guess it would be a buzzer telling me I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Well, considering I come from a family of, of seven, <laughs> which I've heard quite a few bad words, but I'm not, I'm the first one. So I never really got into doing it. I would say my favorite curse word is damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh my goodness. Um, 
Well, I am doing a little bit. If if I had the opportunity, I would love to just write, write books nice. all the time. Right. Um, and what profession would you not like to do? Anything to do with restaurants, serving. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And finally, question 10, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That I did what I was designed to do. Awesome. And that's where we all are hoping. Absolutely. Very cool. Yes. All right. So, Dan, we're going to come back in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about uh, your your background, how you got started, um, mm-hmm. how you found Marketatomy Academy, and uh, where you're going from here. All right. So we'll okay. Right back right after these messages. So stick around. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. All right. And I am back with my guest, Dan Olivo. Uh, Dan, it's great to see you again. Good to talk to you. And uh, thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. Happy to have you oh, here. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited to be here. So, so tell me Happy about you. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about your background. You uh, you have two degrees, right? Yes, yes. Um, my background started in the architectural engineering construction market. My dad was a block mason, so I like to say that I have cement in my blood. Absolutely. I helped him carry the block, and he showed us a lot of what to do. Wow. Um, what um, I spent about 35 years in that industry. So I kind of worked my way through every logistical cycle, but always from the marketing, business development and strategic planning side of things. Um, So it was just a natural for me to move into that. In 2009, I was laid off Hmm. at the peak of the recession. And at that point, I took myself internationally into Brazil. And that was primarily because Brazil was the only country coming out of the recession faster than anybody. Hmm. And that was primarily because they were a cash country and they had just won both the FIFA game and the Olympic game uh, bids. Nice. So I knew it was getting ready to break loose down there. Yeah. They did a lot of building, didn't they? They did. Yes. Yes, they did. And they were totally unprepared. So whatever little bit I could do to help is what we did. You know, we introduced um, new technologies, new systems to them to hopefully prepare them for the games. Um, They were used to doing everything in cement because that's what they manufactured down there Uh, in an 18 month period for the amount of building that they needed to do. Cement just was not viable. Um, It just did not have enough time to cure and, and, Get all the facilities. In fact, the um, the Olympic loop, loop that they had built around Rio for the games within two months after they finished it was falling apart wow. because they rushed the process. So, wow. you know, but I love Brazil. They're great visionaries. They're just terrible at planning. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you went down there with a, a company to help with the build no, or were you down myself, there as a con- by consultant? myself, nice, by nice. myself. I mean, I had a couple of Portuguese friends that, um, mm-hmm. you know, Brazilians that I knew that helped me in the very beginning, but I went down with the U.S. commercial services okay. department here in the U.S. And um, it was primarily uh, designed to introduce us to what the needs were down there for these games coming up. So I spent uh, two days in Sao Paulo and three days in Rio, just meeting with the different organizing committees, you know, and things like that. Um, Fascinating, you know, fascinating. Uh, Then after that, I spent a year just figuring out, going down just to make connections and find out exactly what Brazil needed for these games. And I came out of there as far as my experience came out of there um, uh, with the understanding that, you know, definitely they needed some help with uh, the construction and, and being able to construct, you know, facilities in time for the games. Yeah. So we had introduced steel construction to them, you know, things like that. And then they also had a problem with transportation issues. Uh, they were landlocked, especially in Rio. Mm-hmm. And they were also having problems with the catamaran services crossing the Guadanabe, you know, um, things like that. So we introduced them to a completely off-grid hovercraft system. Oh, nice. That they could use. And that ultimately made its way in front of Petrobras to help transport their workers between the the pre-salt mines off of Macaé. Unfortunately, Brazil started going through its own economic recession and things kind of, you know, came to a halt. And then the other thing that um, we introduced um, or started to introduce was um, a platform that was designed to help the visitors who came into Brazil to help them figure out how to get around the cities and then what events were going on, you know, and things like that through this one platform, you know, so. Very cool. And so how did you become the business birthing specialist? Tell me about that. (laughs) Well, um, what happened while I was down in Brazil, I was down there for about four years. And towards the end of my stay down there, um, Brazil had introduced its own rapid bus system. And that rapid bus system uh, was introduced because they were landlocked and they had traffic issues. Well, Anybody who understands traffic planning knows that when a rapid bus system is introduced, the stops are on the inside lanes away from the pedestrian traffic. Mm. They have their own dedicated lanes. Well, Brazil didn't do that. They introduced them on the outside lanes and heavily pedestrian areas going up to 45 miles an hour. Mm. I had just been dropped off by my driver and I was crossing the street to my apartment when one of those buses hit me. Wow. Going about 45 miles an hour. Wow. And as a result of the injuries and everything, I was, I was stuck down there for almost a month and a half before I could even come home. And then when I got home, I had another year's worth of surgeries and rehab. And, you know, so during that year that I was back, they also found out I had PTSD, Mm. you know, so that kind of, you know, um, Kind of put another monkey wrench in. I knew I could, I could overcome the physical aspect, but the mental aspect was yeah. extremely difficult. Anytime you're dealing with 
with mental, you don't have a lot of control over it. Those are things that, you know, kind of take away. Well, while I was recovering, um, I had a lot of the people who were laid off at the same time I was that would come to me and say, Dana, I don't understand what's going on. You know, I'm, you know, they started a business because they couldn't find work. They needed to make money. So they started their own business and they were bleeding money. And when I sat down with them, I realized they had no idea how to build a business around the product or service offering they were, you know, they had. Yeah. So in an effort to help them understand in a language that they understand, I developed what's called the market anatomy concept. Okay. And the market anatomy concept is built around the human body. It compares a business to the human body in the sense where in the business, same as the human body, the heart is the passion. Nice. That's, that's why you do what you do, mm-hmm. right? The brain of the business is where all of your strategies, your, your processes, your systems, everything are stored. Now, in the human body, can the brain operate without the heart mm-hmm. and vice versa? No. no. Same thing in business. You need everything working, you know, together to push your marketing message out through the veins of the body, which are your marketing channels, to the body, which is your market. Now, if you take it one step further, you, as the business owner, are the soul of the business. It's your culture. It's your morals. It's your passion that drives that business. Nice. So by explaining this to these these business owners, they were able to see everything that needed to be in place to bring those customers through the door that they were having a hard time doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's where Market Anatomy came about. And through the process, talking with friends and everything, we decided that uh, it was the business birthing specialist because that's what I love doing is working with solo micro entrepreneurs. Nice. So what do you, what do you, how do you define a micro entrepreneur? How, how big is your business? employees or less, basically. Okay. They might not have made the half a million mark in total revenues. Um, they could be anywhere from napkin stage up to that. Some of them may be making more than that, but that's because the type of business that they are. If they're a technology business or something, you know, they're making more revenue, but they're also paying out more. Yeah. You know, so... Those, um, yeah, pretty much it's 10 employees or less. Okay. So and they're just starting, to get, just starting to get their feet underneath them, right? Just starting exactly. to get the rhythm. Nice. And it could be, um, you know, the target market might be, um, say, corporate America, corporate pr- professionals who have reached a point where they realize they're not going to be able to support themselves. So they need to start a side hustle or something to start bringing in extra money. Or it's somebody who's just gotten fed up with corporate America and they're just ready to get out and they feel as though they can do a better job. You know, it's also right now during the COVID times, Mm -hmm. these are displaced homemakers. These are displaced women, especially, you know, who are having to remain home to take care of the kids because of everything that's going on with the school system, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. So there's, this is the perfect time for market anatomy to be uh, where it's at right now because there's been an 83% increase in new business licenses wow. in the U.S. since the beginning of COVID. Same reasons. 
you know, they need to make money. They can't rely on, you know, corporate America or whatever. So they're taking it into their own hands. Awesome. Yeah. And so when you work with these companies, what, what is it they, they need most? What do you work with them on first? Um, they need to understand the basics. Education is the primary thing. Okay. Um, there's a lot of reports out there that will talk about the reason small businesses fail. And on average, there's about 70% of small startup businesses that fail within the first two to three years. Yeah. Okay. And the reasons that they quote as for failure is lack of funding, lack of leadership, all of this other stuff. My belief is it's lack of knowledge. They don't know what they don't know. I've had two failed businesses before my past. And so through those two failed businesses and then going back to college and getting my degrees, did I realize what I didn't know I didn't know? And it was all around the business structure. I knew marketing. I knew product development. I knew how to sell, you know, all of that. But I didn't know the business structure that needed to be in place to bring those customers through the door. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of businesses start up because uh, the person is technically very good at what they do. Right. They like what they do. Um, right. They work with their hands. They're very good at it. So they decide I'm going to open my own company instead of working for somebody else, right. but they don't know how to run the business. They don't know how to deal with employees. They don't know how to set up the supply chain. All that is new to them. Exactly. And that's exactly it. So Marketatomy was developed originally um, before, Prior to COVID, I was doing a lot of this one-on-one -on -one mentoring and mm -hmm. seminars and conferences and things like that to teach uh, a lot of the educational stuff. With COVID, all of that stopped. You know, all of that stopped. So I had always wanted to develop my own e-learning environment because small micro solo entrepreneurs could not afford my services right. um, as, a, as a mentor, but my heart was still with them because of having gone through it. I've been there, done that twice before. I know what they were going through. And um, so I spent the next 16 months of COVID developing the academy. And it was developed for two reasons, one of which to make it so it's more in line with what small micro businesses can afford, okay? Right. The average cost is anywhere from 25 to $65 per course. Cool. Okay. So it's yeah. very reasonable. Um, and then every course that's introduced has a learning element and an experiential element. Nice. So they'll go through the learning process and then they will actually sit down and develop a plan or strategy for their company, customized right. to their company. So they will walk away without having just shelf help. Right. Okay. Um, so that was the main reason. Now, the other reason I did it is because I was spending so much time explaining the basics, teaching the basics, that now what I can do with these solo micro entrepreneurs is guide them to the academy. You learn this stuff, you, you, know, you participate in it, and then come to me and say, okay, nice. now I feel comfortable working with you because I'm not having to repeat the, the process. Now we can sit yeah. down and really get into the, the depth. The, the meat of what you need. Yeah. Very cool. And so, so that's what I did. So the, the, you say at the end, they put together, let's say their strategic plan or something like that. Do they submit that back to you for review or is that just something that they, they have? can do that? They can do that. We also have um, bi-weekly um, group coaching 
Okay. So we can actually go through some of it like that. Nice. And then we also have bi-monthly mastermind programs that we are introducing. Okay. Nice. So the, the way we um, approach things is it's more than just learning. It's more than just skill development. It's that accountability aspect. Yeah. You need that accountability, especially at the C level. You know, yes. you need someone that you can talk with that's, that's, you know, you can share your ideas with, you know, and yeah. uh, that accountability aspect. That is yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. I, I always tell people, I bring the awareness of what's possible in their business, the education of business right. building best practices, but the accountability, that's where it really comes together. That's you where can have really... a lot of great intentions, but if you don't right. follow through and do it, it's not going to happen. Right. And if you don't have somebody holding your butt to the fire, okay, yeah. chances are you're going to find excuses. When you know that you're going to have to, you know, uh, answer to me, you know, uh, say in 30 days or whatever, and you've got milestones that you've got to meet within that 30 days, you're going to be more apt to meet those milestones when you know that you're going to be talking to me yeah. or then if I'm not going to be there to, to hold you accountable. Absolutely. <laughs> So. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. My wife, uh, one of the analogies I use is, you know, my wife said that, you know, she got a, a personal trainer when she was just trying to go to the gym on her own. She wouldn't go. I know. But if she knew I'm that personal trainer, if that personal trainer is there waiting for you every morning, exactly. it's such, such, you show up. <laughs> exactly. I just finished. Now understand this accident I had was back in 2011. Mm. Okay. And I've been, having issues. I just finished the final surgery wow. um, this past December and immediately started physical therapy. I just finished that physical therapy last week. Wow. You know? And so now I need to start doing it on my own. Well, needless to say, I haven't started yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, these are, you know, you've got to understand, you've got to realize you can't coaching and mentoring are probably two of the most important, um, uh, team members that you need to have yeah. as part of your, your growth efforts. In Absolutely. Your company. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. So you're, you're good at naming things, Mark mm -hmm. Anatomy Academy and your book, social or sociopathic. Talk to me about I, that. Where did that come from? I've always had this, this had been sitting in the back of my mind for quite a while. Um, ever since I started, working with social media, okay, which was back in 2009, I, I noticed that there was a, how did you, how do you know that's what's being posted, okay, is truth or not? What's fake right. news? What's not fake news? You know, how much can you rely on it? And what really brought it to a head is these past political, um, uh, the past political election, okay? Sure. Um but I knew I couldn't do it. Sociopaths, social sociopaths is what we call them, are those individuals that will take advantage of people online, claiming that they can do all of this stuff. They have all of these skills and everything, mm -hmm. and then collect a payment up front or whatever, and you put all your efforts into making this happen, and you spent this money and then you find out they can't deliver wow. or what they deliver is only half of what you expected. You know, one of the areas that gets affected by this even more so than anyone else are web designers. Mm. You know, you'll go in, I've spent you know, $40,000 mm. 
on a website before only to have it be hacked. And I had to restart from scratch, you know, so what we're teaching in this book, and I co-wrote it with a very good friend of mine, um, Brandon with uh, Falconics, Brandon Falcon with Falconics. Um, he brings the digital marketing side of things, in which I did not have that expertise. I knew the marketing side. So when we decided we were going to write this book, you know, um, uh, the, the objective was not only to teach small micro business owners how to protect themselves against these social sociopaths, but also to back up what they post, what they're putting out there online so that anybody who wanted to find out more about them, they had case studies, they had, you know, um, the testimonials, they had everything that they needed to back up what they're saying Hmm. so that people would, would feel more confident about hiring them, you know? So that's what the book is all about is to teach them the process of protecting themselves and then how to put themselves, especially now with COVID and everything is online. That's good because, yeah, I I admit that I contracted with a couple groups to do some advertising for me online and the results were not anything like they said we were going to get. How do you, how do you counsel people? What do you, what should they be asking or what should they be looking for when it comes to hiring somebody like that? Uh, First of all, (laughs) don't take everything with a grain of salt. Don't, don't, uh, Don't just believe everything. You've got to go in and you've got to do your research. Secondly, and most importantly, does it fit within the vision of your company? Okay. Okay. There is no get rich quick ways of bringing revenue in. You know, in order to bring revenue into your company and build that customer base, you've got to do it sequentially. You've got to do it strategically. You can't just blast out information and expect to bring in customer long lasting customers. That's not going to happen. Um, so you've got to be willing to make the effort and spend the money in order to effectively build that customer base. When you're talking about online in a virtual environment, that even though that's the least expensive way of doing anything, you know, outside of traditional marketing and everything, there's still a lot of processes. And unless you are well-versed in it, you know, start looking for those who do understand it, but make sure you check them out. I'm working right now um, for the Academy. We just finished it in, in March, April, and it's ready to go to market. All right. Well, I can't be my own strategist. Mm-hmm. I know I can't be my own strategist. So I'm having to spend the money to bring in a strategist, which is just blowing my mind because, you know, of what it's going to cost, you know, and everything. Luckily, they're working with me. Um, There are ways that you can also offset the cost of what you need, maybe by trading services. You don't have to spend out the money, spend the money. I'm working with a PR strategist, with with a publicity agent in a trade-off situation. So if you can do trade-offs, do that. Okay. You know, but again, just protect yourself. That's the thing. And uh, I mean, they, you see all these things on YouTube, all these ads and stuff like that, that you can do this yourself. I can teach you in two weeks how to do everything. Is that one of the scams that people fall for that they think they can go out and do this on their own? Well, (laughs) 
Let me put it this way. My son uses is, is a YouTube, uh, YouTube is his Bible, okay? okay? When it comes to working on the car and stuff like that, he can use YouTube and he can do it, mm-hmm. okay? But understand that they can teach you how to do things, but if you're not willing to sit down and do it, yeah. you know, all you're doing is you're getting that knowledge base. The tactical aspect of it is what is critical. If you're, you know, Bryce, my son, goes in, learns how to, you know, do this on the car, or he learned how to lay wood flooring in his mm-hmm. house, you know. Um, he's doing it at the same time, all right? But if you're just going in and learning and then you're not going to implement, then you've just wasted any time and effort that you put in and money you put into it, yeah. you know. Um, uh, okay. There was something I was going to say, and it just went right out of my That's head. That's okay. That happens to me all the time. Yes. So uh, do you have any employees working for you right now? Actually, we only have two, three people. I work a great deal with interns. That's one of the things that I do recommend in the early stages of your business. Um, I am working with high school interns. I am amazed at how committed they are and how um, uh, creative they are. Um, so when it comes to my social media and think, in fact, the strategist that I'm working with on my go-to-market strategy is going to be working with my interns for nice. me, you know, um, so that I can go out and bring in the money so I can pay them. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool though. Yes, um, so so um, if I was to bump into any one of these interns that you're working with now, or maybe somebody that you work with when you were down in Brazil, okay. If I was to bump into anybody and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What type of leader? are you? Well, I mean, first of all, as a leader, okay, I'm one who engages them. Okay. I don't talk to them. All right. I'm all about, um, I'm all about incorporating their learning style, their, um, what they need, what are their expectations? What do they expect to get out of our engagement? Um, I, I can tell you a story about um, as a strategist, I'm often with a lot of other strategists. You know, in strategists, when you think about strategists, you think of an MBA level, you know, PhD, that type deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. Okay. I've got a BS and, you know, two BS degrees, and that's it. <laughs> and a lot of experience. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yep. Sure. Um, and I was sitting on a panel with a very good friend of mine, Terry Lay, and, uh, after the panel was done, um, he comes up to me and says, Dana, we need to talk. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, what did I do now? <laughs> what did I say that was wrong, you know? Because this is what goes through your head naturally. Sure. You know, sure. you, you, you start questioning yourself. And so Harry and I sat down to coffee, and he looked at me, and he says, you know your poop. And I said, <laughs> huh? And he says, you know what you're talking about. And I looked at him and said, Harry, that means a lot coming from you because I looked up to what, you know, mm-hmm. you know, up to you. And he looked at me and says, you know, as much as myself, Ed, everybody else, you know, as much about any of us strategists, you just deliver it in a different way. Nice. And I do because my audience, they don't want a strategist coming in talking all these big words and, and, and speaking outside of their their knowledge base. They want yeah. somebody who's going to come in, that's been there, done that, can speak in a language simply that they can understand, and what they don't understand, you can explain to them. Right. 
you know, so that they can sit down and start implementing. They don't need to have to wait and, you know, decipher everything that's been said. You know, so that's, exactly. that's exactly what the, the type of leader I am is, you know, they, they get engaged. Nice. You know, I yeah, that's that. key. I think that is absolutely key. It is. Because you know, too many times uh, managers, leaders talk at their employees or they talk down to their employees yeah. rather than being yeah. on the same level with them. Exactly. Yeah. I had a, um, a young lady that I am in a group with and we haven't known each other that long. And we only talk, we've only talked virtually so far. And one day she texted me or chatted me on my virtual call. And she said, you know, she says, I feel as though we could be neighbors. <laughs> nice. That made me feel good. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. So where did you find the courage to go out on your own and do stuff now? And so when we talk about courage, there are a lot of different types of courage we tap into on a, a daily basis, right? The There's intellectual courage, the courage to kind of set aside the long held beliefs, make room for new knowledge because there's always new information out there. There's the moral courage to do what's right. Um, the social courage to say what needs to be said, even if it's unpopular, right? Knowing when to speak up and also knowing when to be quiet, I think is a, the yes, courage. Yes. Um, you had an, the accident and you mm -hmm. had the courage to, to not let that slow you down. You had the courage to say, how can I maybe use this time right. to fill a void? Where did that courage come from? It comes from an innate um, need to give back, to, to help, you know? Um, I, you know, as much as my, my husband says, you know, I know you just love to do what you do and you could just do it, you know, for free. We got to make money, baby, you know? And, and <laughs> so I understand that, you know, but I, you know, the, the small solo micro business, okay. Is not popular with a lot of your agencies. Okay. Right. Because they want to deal with the second stage companies who are already making the money so that they know they get paid, you know, and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's the same thing with SBA, SBDC, all of these, you know, yeah. they have programs, but their idea of a small business is 500 employees or less, right. not 10 employees or less. Yeah. And so my heart is with, with these solo micro entrepreneurs Reason being is because of the number of failed businesses. And my belief is if I can make a positive impact in the number of failed businesses strictly by educating them so that they could stay in business, that would have a positive impact on our GDP here in the United States, our labor force, and the psyche of the business owners and their families. And that's where my motivation comes from. And that's where my leadership comes from because I want them to succeed. Nice. You know, um, yeah. so I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. And uh, it fits it. <laughs> I mean, totally, because you can see it just in the bio that I read, you know, you, mm -hmm. the business birthing specialist, you work with these micro businesses, you bring in interns to help yes. coach them as well mm -hmm. as getting the, the work out of them. You're teaching them and bringing them up. So that seems to right. be your nature to help build. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to get um, these entrepreneurship classes that I'm offering. I want to get these programs into the middle school. We've got to we've got to catch these kids in the tween years. Yeah. 
and teaching them the skills, the hard, not necessarily the hard skills, because they are getting those hard skills. It's the soft skills that they're not getting, you know, in school. You know, ultimately, I want to get in front of Congress. I'm going to get in front of Congress, pass a bill that anybody who goes for a business license, if they show that they've gone through education, not necessarily mine, but any education showing that they understand what they're getting into, that they Mm -hmm. could qualify for incentives out of the federal government that's going to help them succeed. Nice. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a big dream. (laughs) It is big, but you know what? That's, that's how these things get started. You know, somebody has an idea and they just, they could push it along. That's good. No. uh, Yes, definitely. Very cool. So working. (laughs) Yeah. Work. Absolutely. I I believe it. So working with these uh, micro businesses stuff, what, what is it? Do you, do you think the needer, the leaders need most? What are they lacking? Is it just the the knowledge of how to run a business, or is there some something else they're missing from growing? Well, a in all honesty, I believe the knowledge will lead to everything else. Okay, if they have the knowledge on how to build a a solid um, uh, team, mm-hmm. they would be able to do that. If they had the knowledge on how to fund a business, you know, they would be able to do that. Um, if they had the knowledge of what they're going to get into in the first 18 yeah. months, they would not quit their J-O-B. Yeah. You know, they would start out small rather than just quitting and starting out because that's where a lot of the problems, you know, they wouldn't be, you know, taking all their equity out of their home mm-hmm. to fund this business. They wouldn't be robbing their 401ks to start a business. That's not, you know, if, if they were going to borrow money, you know, credit card money or anything, the money borrowed has to go towards money earned. Correct. Not necessarily an office building or something like that. It has to go towards money earned. Definitely. Yeah. I interviewed a guy for the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago in Macedonia and he had an idea to start and he and his wife talked about it. They set aside money saying, this is our our money to birth this, this new project. Um, he borrowed office space. He had interns. He bought used furniture. You yeah. know, I think he leased the computers just to get things rolling. And that yeah. way, if it failed in the first six months or whatever, he wasn't out all that money. He knew what the cost was going to be. But if it if it worked, then he started off on the shoestring. He could build it as he goes. And he has been in business two, three years now. Yeah. And they're growing like crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's called lean startup. That's what you do. You know, it's, you know, you, you pay attention to what you're doing. You know, it's unlike another client that I had where it was a physician and he called me because he was having trouble growing his business. And I go in and I sit down with him and he's in this beautiful office and he's got these employees and they're just, you know, and it happened to be an urgent care center or urgent care facility. Well, an urgent care facility and his office hours were eight to five. Okay. And he had spent his whole nest egg, whatever he had on designing this beautiful office, everything. Okay. No money on marketing, anything. And it being an urgent care center open at the same hours that the doctors are open. Hmm. Okay. That, that was not thinking, you know, uh, right. strategically. And then on top of it, 
he didn't have basic equipment like x-ray equipment and things like that. So what he ended up doing is if somebody came in with a broken arm or whatever, he'd have to send them to the emergency room down the, down the street. You know, and I thought to myself, okay, what, what's wrong here? So this is where it's important that you know, before you jump in, there's five phases of growth that, that early stage business, any business goes through, okay? You've got the napkin stage. That is the idea stage. That's where, you know, uh, you're just starting out and you're thinking about your business. But then you have the prove it stage. The prove it stage is where you actually go out to the market and you research, is the market big enough to support my business? Is the profit margin enough for me to support my business? Do the, will the, the, my market want my product or service? If they don't want my product or service, I'm not going to be able to sell it at any price. Sure. You know, yeah. you need to go out and make sure that your product or service is viable in the market because then you move on to the build it stage. The build it stage is where you build your business model, your systems, your processes. You identify who your target audience is. You start building the business. Mm -hmm. You start earning revenue too. Okay, that's where your revenue. But you get to a point where you say, okay, I'm ready to grow this business. I need to streamline some things. I need to do what needs to be done. Then you go into the funding phase. This is where you realize I'm not going to be able to fund it anymore myself. I'm going to have to go to a bank or whatever. But I have to understand how do I approach these people? How do I uh, develop my, my income statements? How do I do all of this so that they look at me favorably? And then once you've gotten the money, now you go into the growth stage, which is the 10x growth. This is where you grow exponentially. But by that time, you've got a strategy in place for five, 10 years. You know. Nice. So, in, but too many small businesses try and go from the napkin stage straight into the funding stage or the grow it stage. Right. Without really, you know, I'd hate to go into the build it stage with a product or service that's not viable and spend thousands of dollars trying to push it mm -hmm. and nobody wants it. Right. You know, absolutely. That, I'm, I'm sure that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. It they does. have a great idea. They have a great yep. idea, but there's no market for it. Nobody wants to buy it. So like yep. you said, it doesn't matter what the price is. And exactly. you were right about taking on debt. If it's just going to keep you at status quo, then yep. don't take on debt. That yep. debt should be coming in with the sole purpose of growing. Right. Right. Exactly. Property. That's exactly it. So nice. very cool. So what's next for you? I mean, you've done so much already. You've got your Academy, you've got your five books. What else? Yeah, I've got what's another book, another book planned. Okay. Um, it might be a little controversial, but I'm challenging the school system. Good. It needs yeah. to happen. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a specialist, uh, a partner, a co-writer, who is familiar with the education system and stuff like that. Um, but that's my next book. I, I, we've got to do something. Yeah. We've got to do. COVID has set us back even farther, you know. Um, uh, that's, that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, is the launch of the Academy, getting it out there. And, and, uh, and then my, um, the business health check assessment. I don't know if I told you about it yet. No, tell me about that. Okay. That is a new product. Um, when I originally started my business um, as Marketatomy, I would spend four hours with each client just asking questions to get a feel for where they are. As a strategist, I needed to know where they are in their company. Sure. 
well, in an effort to streamline it, I took that and started, you know, uh, building a database. That's where my MIS background comes from. And um, that led to, I was part of the incubator at the time, and that led to them telling me, you need to make this a product. So that's what my programmer's been working on for the last two and a half years is building a standalone assessment product. And the business health check assessment, what it does is it assesses existing companies across 20 different KPIs, key performance indicators. And those 20 different KPIs are interdependent upon each other. And they boil down into five critical areas, operational strength, financial strength, sales and marketing strength, your product service viability, and the overall strength of the company and your management team. Nice. So the assessment takers get their scores in those five areas, but I can go into the 20 KPIs and I can pretty much tell them where the, where the uh, gaps are hmm. that are keeping them from moving forward in their company Very and guide cool. them to where they need to go. You know. Very cool. So that's where you start off with them when you start working with a company, one of these small micro companies. Yeah, when I when this thing is released, that will be the ent- one of the entry points nice. um, into the Market Academy Academy and everything that we do. Yes, um, because then we will have a better understanding on how we can guide them. And right now, the 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 business health check assessment is in the early, meaning it's the first phase, okay? Mm-hmm. It's basic questions, yes, no, don't know, what the hell are you talking about, you know, <laughs> right. that type right. deal. Um, but from there, in the next uh, reiteration, we're going to be building in some AI that will take the, the assessment takers on a journey based on what their questions are and everything. So, Very cool. um, But that is something that, like I said, through the, through the um, university incubator, um, that is a product that we developed. So, very cool, good yeah. stuff. So, when is the academy coming available? Huh? When is what? the Market Academy Academy going to be available for people? It's available right now. It is okay. It's available right now. We it's it's fully functional. Everything okay. Nice. Um, but we're do, we're in the process of putting together a go to market strategy. Okay. So it's okay. been available since about April May. Okay, but now we're developing uh, a push to kind of build up our membership, our our subscribership. Um, You can register for the academy for no price. Okay. um, And then you're only charged for the courses that you take. And like I said, we've got some free courses in there. Um, Most of the courses ranges anywhere from $25 to $65. The highest price point right now is, is $199, which is... Uh, complete business plan development, nice. marketing okay. business plan development. Okay. Um, I am also bringing on affiliate partners that are contributing to the content. So, um, and that's going on at the same time. So there's a lot going on with the Academy yeah, right now. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So if people are interested in the Academy, where can they find yeah. that? What's, what's your website? They can go to marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y, dot academy okay they can also reach me at um marketatomy.com which is my main site okay or chargedupstudio.live chargedupstudio.live great good stuff and your books are your books available off your website 
they're uh, available on my personal website, which is danaolivo.com. Okay. Or they can go get them through Amazon. Perfect. Very cool. Well, Dana, this has been awesome. Thank you so much oh, for I really for all appreciate this. it. No, you this can is tell great. I just enjoy doing this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, you do. And like I said, you can see it in everything you've done. You love teaching, you love growing businesses and leaders. And that's that's what it's all about. That's great. No, definitely, definitely. My husband's kind of doing stuff in the background, so I'm just gonna <laughs> No, no worries. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for for being part of the podcast. I really right. appreciate having you here. Um, listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. Uh, there's a lot of good takeaways from this. Make sure you check out the websites. Uh, check out the Academy that is available to you and the books on either Dana's uh, website or from Amazon.com. Right. Yep. And hope you. And I do it. have. Um, I do have something that's available if they're okay. interested. Sure. Um, this being uh, September, we're coming up on the end of the fiscal year for a lot of companies, and I have a three-part annual planning course that normally nice. is fifty-five dollars per part. And what I'll do is I will throw in all three parts for one price of fifty-five dollars. That is awesome. All Very right. cool. So is there a special they, link that they need to go to or? Yes. Um, actually, I will send it to you. Send and me you the link. Put it into the, you know. Okay? I will do that. Thank you so All much. Right. That is so All generous. Right. That is great. Very cool. So listeners, again, look for that link down in the show notes and uh, go out and check out the Academy and that end of year planning. That's absolutely yep. necessary. Very good. Cool. All right. All right. Well, thank you again. And listeners, if you enjoy this, make sure you share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now. 